0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series Champion. Houston Astros, simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. It is essentially a Monday on a Tuesday after a big holiday weekend. We will treat it as a Monday with two hours of open phone lines. Lots of things happened since we last spoke on Friday. Uh, to go over, and I was going to say, even though the Saints were eliminated, a glorious Tuesday morning, but, it, you know, all of that after last night's situation where the game was postponed because of the seriousness um, uh, of of Hamlin's injury, you just, um, uh, you know, it just... You, you can't you, – it just doesn't feel right. I mean, to, you know, say glorious or anything, It, it it's just – everyone's just kind of – and it's never happened. Like, in 1971 – and I don't know that a lot of people had known about this until it's kind of come up. Um, There was a player for the Detroit Lions. They were playing the Bears, and – He, his name was Chuck Hughes. He was a wide receiver from UTEP, and he got, it was 1971, October 24th, and he died. He didn't, they didn't pronounce him dead on the field, but he had a heart attack on the field, Um, and about 70 minutes later, they took him away on an ambulance, and about 70 minutes later, he was dead. So... He didn't literally die on the field, but essentially he died on the field. He died as a result of a heart attack on the field. and um, that. But they finished the game that day in 1971. Now, when they took him off, I guess they didn't know for sure if he was going to die, but he died, you know, about an hour later. And they finished the game. So, you know, I remember, well, it wasn't that long ago when, Shazier had that really bad injury and was paralyzed in the Steeler game. They finished the game, and what was his name? Utley. It seemed like it was a Thanksgiving Day game, if I'm remembering correctly. Maybe it wasn't, but it was the Lions. Again, the Lions and an offensive linemen who got paralyzed. So we've seen similar type issues before, but um, I don't know. That was just... It was just really, you know, we use the word surreal all the time. It was kind of surreal. It kind of was. I've heard people say Hank Gathers. It, it kind of was like the Hank Gathers situation in basketball, the Loyola Marymount player. So I, that was just really bizarre. I, I think it was, it was hard for them to watch, but I think it was. Good that they kind of covered him up and did not allow, and to my knowledge, there's no video of everything that was going on, which is good I mean you don't you don't want you don't want that um and so but you could tell the seriousness obviously of what what they were witnessing it was um bizarre and, and i and I don't know what they're gonna do everyone starts trying to speculate. i mean i you know. I'm sure somebody somewhere is trying to come up with scenarios, but they, even if they have this scenario, they're not going to announce anything. So it's not, you know, it's all speculation. uh, You know, it's just, just, I don't know anything about the medical side of it to know when we're going to know something. I mean, it seems like to me, if he survived the evening, he should be okay unless there was some serious damage done. But again, I'm talking, you know, you're talking, I don't know anything about that and so, um, wow, uh you know it it just kind of makes it hard to get angry about this or that or any of that, and you know, we'll see how long all that lasts. How are they gonna play? I mean, there's no way last night we was like, there's no way they're gonna play, and even if they i mean you just you just couldn't play um. I don't know, you know, obviously in 1971 there was no there was no social media back then. And yet I wonder if they how heavily they got criticized back then. Chuck may remember that. Chuck was probably following or watching that game. Uh, lifelong Lions fan but um uh, you know whether they got criticized for finishing the game or not. I don't know how much CPR they did on the field. I I, I not I didn't I don't I'm not aware of all those details. But the story I read about that said they finished the game. So, um, I don't know. It um I guess it was good. Yeah, it was good because you'd hate to like if. Uh, his mom was at the game because this was a road game for the Bills. This was in Cincinnati. It was not that far, but still, it, family members sometimes go to game, but they don't always go to games. And that would have been even worse, I think, for his mom to be at home, you know, states away and see that happen. The uh, uh, Hamlin is from Pittsburgh. He went to high school in. Pittsburgh. I'm pretty sure he went to, if I'm remembering, the same high school that Dan Marino went, Central Catholic in Pittsburgh. Um, and he was a six round pick last year, who's starting. I mean, you know, not that many six round picks start right, pretty pretty much right away or really early in their career. But but he's he did that, so wow, just you know. I mean, I guess we're going to talk about the Saints game and the LSU game and the Tulane game, but it's just kind of weird to talk about a whole lot of stuff when, when, when that kind of bizarre thing happens and tragic things ha- happens and you just hope and pray for the best. So, again, we um, it, it it's kind of a – somber mood and yet if you want to talk about some other games that you saw we'll certainly do it it just won't we just won't have the same it won't be the same tone that 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 we have most of the time here on this show because everyone in the sports world's just kind of waiting and seeing and hope that the news is good um they did okay yeah um Again, the game hotline is 7.06.01.11. Uh, 7.06.01.11. As expected, LSU won handily, a little more handily than I was thinking. I think they'd win by like three touchdowns or something, but I do not know if they'd win by, what was that, nine touchdowns? <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, it, it, it was a game that probably shouldn't have been played. It's one of those bowl games. You know, this is really ugly. Really ugly. Um, The Cajuns played against a team that their whole team played, and LSU played against a team that was not a representation of what that team was during the regular season, and I don't think Purdue would have beat LSU even if they had all their players, but it wouldn't have been, you know, about 56 points. Um, You know, kind of ugly. Now, the Tulane game is was wild. I, I didn't see a lot, a lot, a lot of football over the weekend. I saw a fair amount, but not. A, I wouldn't say I saw a lot. Probably most of you or many of you saw way more football than I did over the weekend. But I did watch the end, the fourth quarter of the Michigan TCU game, and I did watch a lot of the Ohio State-Georgia game. Um I saw the end of the Tulane game, and that was a really bizarre game. Really bizarre. Um, The whole idea of fumbling at the one, and, um, you know, Tulane, they don't have a great passing offense, and he didn't even complete that many passes, their quarterback. And yet, every time it came down to, like, having to hit a third or fourth down play, he did, but they didn't do much else. I mean, on the game-winning drives, would they get sacked twice and have a penalty? I mean, it, was, it seemed like that drive was doomed. The first play to drive was a sack. It seemed doomed from the beginning, and yet somehow they ended up scoring and kicking the extra point. Uh, it was um I'm trying to think. Was it, it was at least two fourth downs they converted on, if not three. It was um, – it was – Not a textbook drive, but they they got it done. And, you know, USC had to just be in total shock. I mean, that was was a game that if Tulane played them probably ten times, that might be the only time Tulane wins, but that's the only time that matters. So great victory for them, for the Green Wave, no question. And uh, it was – really one of the crazier endings the way it went down and and the the way the plays happened and the fact that they got a safety what, what I don't get to me especially if you're a passing team I've always thought you gotta throw your way out of the end zone you just throw a quick out or something i mean you got i've always i always thought it was best unless you're just a great running team I and mean, you're just physically superior than to the team you're playing, you're better off throwing your way out of the end zone because they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage thinking safety when you're at the one. And so you're better off just trying to get four, five, six yards on an out just to, to get out of the end zone rather than trying to run it. Um Not that, that that I I didn't especially for a passing team with a passing quarterback I that that was bizarre to me and the and and they went to the sideline and you kept seeing Williams just talking to himself and I'm wondering if that's what he was saying he just kept mouthing something like why this or why that you couldn't you could make out some words but not all the words and 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 it was it was just kind of um, I I. If I was a USC fan, that's what I'd have been mad about. Like, throw the ball. You know, throw the ball is what they do best. Throw the ball out of the end zone to get four or five or six yards or whatever and just to where you're not in jeopardy of the safety. But, wow, what a incredible um, turnaround in the last four or five minutes of that game. So any comments you have on that game, certainly the Saints um, – You know, just incredible irony. I mean, this season just made absolutely no sense. There's so many things about this Saints season that just, there's just no logic. It's just, you know, when the schedule came out, I was like, well, they're going to lose two games, the Browns and the Eagles, and they beat the Browns and they beat the Eagles in Philly. And they didn't hardly win any other games. Well, they did win some other, like what five other games. But I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, and then though, and the other thing about the two games is like, you know, if you're a Saints fan, there's a lot of Saints fans very angry with Dennis Allen, very angry with Pete Carmichael. How about the opposing coaches, known as geniuses? You know the two young, offensive-minded head coaches, high, pretty highly respected in the game, and folks, all they, all these teams needed. To, both the Browns and the Eagles just needed to line up and run the football. You know they, they, and and they just kept throwing it. The Browns did, and the Eagles did. They just kept throwing the football, and I'm like, thank you. Why they didn't run the ball, I don't know. I was very glad they didn't, but both teams, if they just run the football, I don't th- I don't know that the Saints win either game. I mean, you never know, but I don't know that they'd not won either game if the other coach would have just lined up and run the football. Um You know, the whole game in the Saints game Sunday. The Saints came out great. They out-coached during the week. They out-game-planned the Eagles, no question about that. Um, and everything was going great, and then Dalton throws the interception. And basically, with the exception of a fourth-down stop, which was great, and that's day one's pick six, which, you know, a turnover. I mean, what's a turnover? The Saints haven't gotten any this year. Um, but – very little to nothing went right up for the Saints the rest of the game that turnover just turned the whole i was like you just can't you just can't you just can't do that you just can't make that throw and um all year long they they not every game but way too often they 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 just couldn't never take that next step like they just you get up 13 and you they just just get that extra thing and get up three scores and they just, you know, they they did a lot of things well in that game. And, again, it was a game I didn't think they'd win. I've been saying since March or April, whatever the schedule, that's a loss. And yet, while the game was going on, I'm like, just, you're doing so much well, just take that extra step, and they just can't. I don't know what's going to happen moving on. But uh, they just, ugh. But, no, it was great. I kept saying the whole – since the interception, I'm like, they're not going to win this game without a turnover. Either the offense is going to have to step up and make a really big play or they're going to need a turnover. And the offense never made a big play. Um, now, once they once they got the pick six and they, and they got the ball back, they were able to run the ball and run out the clock, which was great. But before that, the offense just wasn't able and it was you know, Jawan Johnson's just been tremendous and then he drops the ball. I'm just like you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. But um no, it was it was a fun win and um did you see the end of the Yucks Arnold's game? I mean, at the time it looked like, you know, basically essentially the Saints season was over. And I know officially it didn't end until that afternoon, but in my mind it was it was over. Um, but the you know the hope that you had was that the Arnolds could make a big comeback, and the Arnolds were up fourteen to nothing in the game, and then they were up twenty one ten in the game in this what third quarter, and then all of a sudden they're down by ten or nine because they missed the extra point nine, and they they kicked a field goal which I thought was smart. What I didn't like is after they kicked a the field goal, then they onside kicked. I didn't I didn't understand that. But they they it, they botched the punt, and if they would have just tackled the punter, the Arnolds would have got the ball at about the forty-yard line, with a chance to win the game. Unbelievable, unbelievable. They they would have had a chance, and 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 the punter he got the punt off. An incredible effort by the Yucks punter. I'm sure that was Brady that did that. Brady was the one that actually got the punt off. I'm sure, is from what I understand, it was actually Brady that was in that guy's body that actually got the punt off. But, um, but no, an incredible job by that, by that punter. Unbelievable. All right, we'll take a time out, um, and we'll come back. Again, open phone lines for two hours. Any of we haven't gotten to everything, but we've touched on a little bit of it and. Uh, for those who are waiting, if, if I have not heard, I'm sure if we'll continue to look, if we get any kind of concrete information on DeMar Hamlin's uh, physical condition or health-wise, we'll, we'll certainly pass it along. But if you watch it last night, he uh, they put out something early, early this morning that he went into cardiac arrest, and he is in stable and critical condition, and we all kind of wait and see. What happens next? We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. want to remind you to join the Game Rewards Club where you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. Also, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio at Abbeville. Any of these great prizes or others that come up from time to time, you cannot win if you don't become eligible by becoming a member of the game clubhouse. So go to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com today. Again, um, I'm seeing quite a few people on social media nationally just – you know, kind of saying it's a little scary because we haven't heard anything. And, you know, I'm, last night Michelle and I were saying, you know, if it's really bad, they're not going to say anything for a while. And so that that kind of makes you a little worried, but we haven't had an update that any that I've seen. Uh, we're just kind of on the wait and see on Damore Hamlin's situation there um, in the Cincinnati hospital, and it's um, – it's kind of, you know, the waiting is it's tough because your mind can travel to all kind of different ways if you allow it to. And so I guess the best thing to do is to think positive and, and pray, and that's about all you can do right now. All right. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning.
2: Uh, happy New Year.
1: Happy New uh, Year to you.
2: You know, uh, would you consider uh, the victory maybe one of the better uh, regular season victories? Like not all time, but maybe, you know.
1: Well, you, you could argue. I mean, I, I think both of these wins. Obviously, the Raider win was, you know, I don't even know what to think of that game. It was, you know, a sound thrashing from kickoff to, to buzzer. Um, I thought the Vikings' performance was pretty good until the referees decided to cheat. Uh, but there were some ish, iffy things there. But no, I, I I think it's fair to say that that was the best two games of the season, no question.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, so much attention because we live in a QW society is placed, and obviously, uh. uh Hertz is a better quarterback than Minshew and they're completely, I mean, they kind of have like a less miles thing going on where they have two quarterbacks and neither one of them, one of them is a pocket passer and the other is more of a runner. And, uh, it's like, they just don't, you know, add up as far as, uh, complementing each other. But the way that first half took place, uh, with the exception of the pick at the end of the half, and we took a sack on the last play of the first quarter, it was. And I think we, what, we had like a punt or two, but we punted them, we, we caught and cornered them, or Gray had that you know one two yard line thing going on. And the uh, you talked about USC throwing the ball. Whenever you're coming out of your end zone, a general rule of thumb is you play offense like you would going into the end zone. Where like seventy five percent of your playbook is non-existent because you're not going to call a seven-step drop back to throw a you know forty-eight yard post route, right? You don't have time. So uh, coming out of the end zone is it, it, it's, this is football, you know. I, I know, like you say, that's baseball. That's baseball, and you could say that about you could say that about any sport. But there's so many things in football that seem like of course, this is the best thing. But on the flip side of the coin, there's there's pros and cons to everything. And uh, you third and inches, fourth and inches. People think that's easy to convert. No, it's not. Go watch the Vikings Saints championship game where Pierre Thomas converted a fourth and inches. It was like he barely got it by the, hair. you know what I'm saying. And like uh, anyway, uh, like when you're third and goal on the one yard line, that sounds great, but because the defense has less field to cover, they can uh, commit to stopping the run or whatever. And on the flip side of the coin, when you're coming out of your own end zone on your defense, you're thinking, this is great. They have to drive 99 yards. But on the flip side of the coin, that's so, whether it's uh, a big play on a busted coverage or a 15-play drive, it's, it's devastating for an offense to drive the entire field, right? But uh, anyway, the the way the first half took place, with the exception of those two bad plays, is exactly how people like Casper think. That's that's why people like Casper take the ball first, because, A, as an offensive play caller, you don't want to, on your opening drive, you want to run at least seven, eight, nine plays. You don't want to score in one or two plays, as great as that sounds, because you're gathering information. How are they going to? line up to this formation? How are they going to react to this motion? How are, Who are they going to match up with Z-28 in the slot? And you gather that information and you apply it to your game plan and adjustments. So, like, that that's textbook how you want to play winning football. You want to possess, like, and then the same thing happened on the flip side. Defense, three and out, three and out, three and out. And before you know it, their defense is right, like, I'm right, but so
1: much, again, but when they threw that pick, so much of that was taken away. Not all of it. I mean, he still had the lead, but so much of that, well, w- you know, was just was just went out the window when they were in field goal range and he throws a pick. You just can't do
2: that. The same, the same thing happened against Atlanta. And we got a 10-point lead, and we kind of went into conservative eat-the-clock mode. Because whenever you got a big lead in the second half, your opponent is your opponent, but you you're really your opponent is the clock. It's like, man, I wish we could just do a running clock right now. We'd win that much faster. So sometimes you're, you're like, I would. I'm impressed whenever a team scores a touchdown on a big play. But what's more impressive is score a touchdown, but eight take eight minutes of gameplay off the clock. You know that's really impressive, and, uh, and that's how you do it. You convert three third downs, you convert a fourth down, and anyway, the game is over before you know it because you're just eating the clock. But the point is. I wanted to wait until after the season. We still have to hopefully beat the Arnolds. Again, the league and their infinite wisdom, it's not a meaningless game, but of course, you know, I guess the Arnolds are playing for uh, a chance to get into the playoffs. But, you know, uh, having said all that, it's just, man, we used to say it all the time, and we I, I know you we gave up to talking about it, but 2011, the Texans were kicking our butts and the Saints went no huddle for the rest of the game, and our offense was on fire. Uh, we're, we're killing the Bucks. I think they did hold on that last drive oh, on man. that Monday night game. But Brady was getting instant pressure, and then all of a sudden for two drives, we can't get to him. But what, what happened? They go no huddle. They're in, they're in do-or-die mode, and it works. And that's the thing is we're so married to the Sean Payton era of – I say era, hit, our Stalin blueprint for winning a game was win the time of possession. I'll always take time of possession over no huddle. And, you know, college teams and some pro teams, they just, it's, everything's Chip Kelly, basically, or even Lincoln yep. Riley. And these super spread out, aggressive offenses, it's great for putting up points, but it's not game championship winning football, right? It's like
1: two having a no, full No, I, I didn't I, 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 I agree.
2: I would just say, I'll say this. You, you mentioned Brady. I don't want Tom Brady. I would love to go get Joe Brady, who I believe is with the Bills right now. He's like the quarterback's and receiver's coach. I want to hire Joe Brady, and I want to say, Joe, do what you did with LSU, and it wouldn't be a – uh, uh, college football is different than the pros. I don't want to do it 100% of the time, but there certain games you want to go with aggressive and you want to change the pace and you're starting to go, no huddle, snap the ball, as fast as humanly possible and just run some basic plays where the, the it's not about getting the first down in the huddle because you called a complicated play that takes a paragraph of words to say. You run a simple play, but the point is you line up the defense is barely able to get in their stance, you stab the ball and you get you get the first down because you're you're sacrificing those forty seconds of game clock right. To
3: uh, All right. Well I got you, I gotta
1: get I gotta go to a break. You know, all right. Thanks for the thank call. You. Um, no, I, you know, I, there were some people that were critical because he kicked a field goal later in the second quarter. But look, on the first drive of the game, they went for it on fourth down in a um, in a situation where they could have taken the field goal. And I kind of agree with both. I mean, I think they were thinking at the time, this is a high-powered Eagles offense, even without Hurts. Uh, they put up what? 30, 40 points against the uh, Cowboys, and he threw for almost 400 yards. So I think they were thinking that this could be – that it would take some points to beat the Eagles, and it turned out it didn't. So he went for it early on that first drive, which I, I was good with. Um, but I was also good with him kicking the field goal after that. No, they needed to control the clock, and they did a good job of that. But, again, it just kind of – it just kind of went, the whole thing turned when, when Dalton threw that really bad interception. It just changed the whole momentum of the game. But fortunately, you know, I think they still lose the game without the pick six. They, uh, You know, the whole game, it was like, the whole second half. like, they got to get a turnover, they're not going to win this game. Or hit a really big offensive play. And it didn't look like a really big offensive play was about to happen. So they needed a turnover. Fortunately, they got it, and at least they were able to, to get the win no question there. All right, let's take a time out. We'll come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros.
0: Tune in every weekday at 8:15 a.m. and 3:15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update presented by Tips Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home. For the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. want to remind you, if you use Amazon Alexa or Google Home speaker to make your life easier, add radio to it. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game, 1037 yet. One zero four one Lake Charles with you home office wherever you go. Uh, I, I have seen during the break that the Patriots had a media availability scheduled and they've canceled it. And I'm wondering if that's going to go on around the NFL today, to where you know talking about football issues until this, until anybody knows the si- the situation with Demar Hamlin. Um, you wonder if that, you know, a lot of that is going to be canceled. And, uh, you know, it's just, again, you know, it's a normal day. And so we're talking about sports and it's a playoff. It's the last weekend of the week of this regular season with all these playoff implications. But I think for a lot of people, it's going to be hard to even talk about all that stuff. You know, it's just – and even if you do, it's not with the same – kind of vigor or you know you just you know it just doesn't seem like the most important thing right now and so I get it uh and again I I don't think um I would be surprised if the Patriots are the only NFL team that kind of cancels their media availability today with players because I don't know that they want to really talk about football right now until they have a good idea of what uh, is going to happen with Hamlin. So, uh, again, I, I have not seen it during each break. I, I try to go and make sure if, if there's some sort of release out there or some sort of update uh, that we give it to you. But I, I have not seen any kind of update other than, as I said, uh, some the, it was announced that the Patriots canceled their media availability today. And, it, again, it would not surprise me if more NFL teams don't do that. Um I don't. I don't. I don't don't know what's going to happen. They do. They have announced. Obviously, they haven't announced the. um, They haven't announced uh, what's going to go on with the, with, with the teams involved yet. Certainly not. Um, But they did. The rest of the schedule is pretty, you know, is set for the weekend. If you haven't heard, the Chiefs are playing the Raiders uh, on Saturday and the Titans are playing the Jags. The Saints play at noon, which is not unexpected. And um, the the Sunday night game is the Lions and the Packers. And, man, all of a sudden now the Packers can't seem to be beat. But, again, it's just going to – I don't know how they're going to come up with a solution but, you know, I, I tend to think the Bills as an organization, I don't know that they're going to care. I, I think they're going to be in a whatever the league decides they do and we'll just go do. I mean, I, I don't um, – I think, you know, nobody should – they they should certainly be as understanding of the Bills situation as possible. Um. As of now, the Bills are actually scheduled to play the Patriots at noon. Uh, you know, h- how ready they're going to be to play games, I, I don't know. Uh, I- you know, some people were suggesting that they play tonight. And I just like li- – last night I was hearing, and I'm like, I-, I just don't see that happen. I just – I mean, it's gonna- I think it's going to be tough enough for them to to have a week of practice and to play on Sunday. Much less play tonight or tomorrow night. I just, I, I just don't see that happening. But um, we'll kind of wait and see. But no, don't have a big up. I, at least I'm not aware of an update. So I don't know. It's just, it's just a tough day to talk about sports, and it's. Um, It's just strange. It was bizarre watching last night. It's not anything that I've ever seen. I mean, we've seen injuries, but I don't know. This one just seemed different. So it was just just strange. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello.
4: Two athletes that crossed my mind when this happened. I heard you mention Hank Gathers. um, Reggie Lewis. Yes. Um, Now, the situation a little bit different. You know, those men had... Or defects in a sense, you know, they had situations, uh, and that's what I was thinking. Like, man, we don't know anything about this man' medical history. Um, I just, I just think it was a free play, man. It was just like a regular play.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh-huh. Oh, the brutality of football. It really wasn't one of those plays. It was just, just a normal tackle. It didn't even look that vicious, and I, you, you know, just you never kinda, know. You know had
4: the helmet, but it wasn't like that. You know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't like a running back. You know, lean, you know, lowering his uh, crown of the helmet wasn't anything malicious and I think the field is cursed, man. That field has seen a lot of fluid injury. Yep. Right? Um Shazier. Even uh Antonio Brown situation. Um Yeah man. Um
1: yeah, I, I, I don't know. That there's a lot of tough decisions that have to be made, and of course, everyone no, no, like no. it.
4: And the thing about it, they, they're going to play probably tomorrow. Um, you know, it's you can't just say, "Oh, you know, we can't," because this game has playoff implications. You know?
1: um, well, certainly, but I mean, do you really think they're going to be able to play tomorrow?
4: They have to. Uh, didn't they say Goodell, uh, Goodell's getting ready to announce uh, when this game? Uh, they had to make the game up in 48 hours. So, so tomorrow is, will be 48 hours because I'm sure they're going to move their game on Sunday to Monday, you know. Um, and that's crazy because I think you don't no one plays on Monday, right? I, I right, no one day is day.
1: scheduled to play Monday and, it, you know.
4: But I'm sure in so situations like this, someone's going to have to play Monday. But they're tied Played with the, the
1: Chiefs and the Chiefs play Saturday.
4: And that's another thing, too, what the league has done to the uh, Jaguars in a sense what
1: Jack. When the Jaguars play, Jaguars are scheduled to play um, on Saturday as well. The Saturday evening game against Tennessee in a in a mano a mano for the division title game. Yeah, man. The thing um, is, though, like if the cheat if, well, the bill. But, but 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 if they would play this game and lose it, then it won't matter. If the Chiefs win for the number one seed anyway, it won't matter if the Chiefs win Saturday. So I I, I don't know. I, I that is just I'm sure the Bills are really not worried about it right now. Really. I'm sure they aren't. But but I I don't know how they're gonna pull this off today and Monday. I don't know how they're gonna pull that off.
4: Now look, man, I know I don't wanna sound you know
1: No, I understand.
4: Talking to you over the years, man, you always say players are robots to you. How how, this situation can't really change you, right, if you just look at them as robots. You You know, I'm glad
1: you said that because I thought about that last night, that that it is. For most of us, unless you know these people personally – that they are essentially robots, what, what color, you know. And, and this is an example which shows you, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, that they really aren't robots. And I don't know if you heard this morning on ESPN, Dominic Fosworth was like, you know what? y'all. I, I, he said, I appreciate all the well wishes and everybody's praying and saying all this good stuff about this young man. But when we're in collectively bargaining, y'all all say Thank we're you. too greedy when Thank we're you. trying to make up for this stuff. Uh, to hey, allow for this stuff.
4: I said it earlier on a uh, show yeah. this morning. Yes. You know, every, that's why I'm pro player, man. You know, that when when they talk about, oh, you know, they sign up for this. Yeah, you know, I understand. you know, but when it comes down to it, only 1% gets to this level. We like we don't I don't think, I don't think we understand like the odds even getting there. Right. Even getting through that door. And like you said, this man was, this man. eyes were even less. This man was a six-round pick, man. And when you see some video footage, this man, hey, man, it's, it's, like, the whole thing is sad, man. Like, this thing, like a genuine good man who cares for people. Um, and like I say, man, I hope he make it, but we, we've basically seen a man die on the field, man. And I knew it was coming to this in a sense. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's wild, man. All
1: right, it thank is. You. Thank you for the call. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know where they're going to go. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, is this me? Yes, sir.
3: Okay. Hey, Kevin. This is Randall from Jennings. Long time I haven't spoken yeah. to you. Hope you had a good um, holiday. Well, it was till last night. Yes. And, you know, look, the city of Buffalo, remember, they just had two intense winter storms that killed, what, some 30 people? You know? And I'm sure they looked to football. You know, it's their escapism, just yeah. like we do down here. And then to have this,
1: yeah, it was, it's, it's it, very it's, tragic. It, 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 it's hard. It was hard to watch last night, and, and it's hard to talk about football today. It's just, I mean, I, you know, no, it it's hard to know how to react to. It. It's just so bizarre.
3: Yes, you know, you, you just Scary. saw Tulane come back. You know, a great comeback win, and it's just kind of, you know, just, like I say, sports are irrelevant. And probably the closest thing I can think of this is. Um, uh Joe Theismann, you know when he broke his leg of course they, the game went on but and that so anyway just prayers for everybody absolutely and um, and that okay well look you have a, a happy new year sir you,
1: you too Bye. thank you very much for calling you know the Joe Theismann or Thiesman situation was was awful no question but she, no one ever really feared for his life. Obviously, he was just in awful pain, and it was just you know, you know, no one wants to see any, you know that, and, and and you felt for him just like with the um, Alex Smith situation. That was awful, but uh, but it wasn't so much like where he died on the field. I mean, this is just I've seen quite a few athletes like I may mean, play ten years in the league, and then, you know, like they said, they never seen anyone essentially die on the field and have to be brought back to life. I mean, that's just,
3: Oof. man,
1: tough. All right, we'll take the timeout, come back, finish out the first hour on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Everyone kind of getting back in the swing of it. And, again, it's even harder because of everything that happened in Cincinnati in that game last night being postponed. I believe it was the third drive of the game. The Bengals had scored a touchdown. The Bills had gotten a field goal and completed a pass to T. Higgins, and a tackle was made, and then kind of the whole sports world kind of came to a grinding halt as everyone is concerned about the health and life of um, Bills to Safety, DeMar Hamlin, and so we'll wait and see for more news. And, um, and uh, you know, I'm not saying they've made a decision because they probably haven't, but, but we don't know. It's all, that's all speculation. Um, but certainly I would think they're going to, let the process play out until they make a decision there was a lot of controversy I don't know about con I guess you call it controversy a lot there was some discussion and Scott van Pelt of ESPN was pretty adamant about it and and, and kind of played along perpetuated the discussion that the NFL was gonna make was gonna try was trying to make these guys play after a five minute break, and the coaches and players were like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not playing." And so, you know, I, I don't want to speak one way or other on that because we don't really know. There is a certain amount of speculation there, and so I don't want to, you know, be all critical of one side or the other because it's kind of like you know, no, no one expected. That to happen last night. It's not something that anyone can prepare for, and yet you you kind of hope the right decisions were made, and and you could easily tell that the two coaches were on the same page, and the two teams, at least, all the players that that they showed were all on the same page, and um, I don't know. I I think it's gonna be tough for them to play tonight or tomorrow. I just I don't see it happening, but they might surprise me. We'll see. Kind of wait and see. Again, a lot of speculation going on, and that's all you can do right now is kind of guess what you think might happen. All right, that's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.
0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome.
1: Back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers. World Series champion Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133. On LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. As we and people all over talking sports all over the country is kind of um, done, is kind of waiting and seeing for news on Damore Hamlin. If you have not heard and you haven't been paying attention or you just kind of didn't watch football yesterday because you were doing holiday family stuff and just missed it, uh, Bill's safety. Damar Hamlin, 24 years old, six round pick who was starting for the Buffalo Bills, arguably the best team in the league out of Pittsburgh and um, just made what looked like a routine tackle last night, got up and then collapsed. And apparently from, you know, we didn't actually see it, thankfully, but um, went into cardiac arrest and had to be revived with CPR and a defibrillator on the field and the players did a great job of covering that all up, and yet they saw it, and you could tell their reaction was was very dramatic and very um, tough to watch, and so we're kind of waiting and seeing. They sent out something early this morning that, you know, that, you know, basically, saying everything I just said that he was in cardiac arrest and that he's in stable but critical condition. Now the only kind of update we have is apparently I did not know about this till this morning. He's got this charity for kids that people are giving to that as a as a way of like I guess knowing, trying to support him and and, and know that they're thinking about him and that is going incredibly well it sounds like.
5: Yes. So um, as we said this morning, Raymond and I for our company did not put up a poll question. Instead, we put up the link on our Twitter and on our Facebook for his toy drive. It's called the Kelly and Nina's Daycare Center. It's the Chasing M's Foundation community toy drive. He says in his GoFundMe, it says, as I embark on my journey to the NFL, I will never forget where I came from. And I'm committed to using my platform to positively to positively impact the community that raised me. I created the Chasing M's Foundation as a vehicle that will allow me to deliver that impact, and the first program is a 2020 Community Toy Drive. It is now 2022, as it is this third year doing it. This campaign gives the, you the opportunity to contribute to our first initiative and positively impact children who have been heart- hit <coughs> the hardest by the pandemic. 100% of the funds raised will go toward the purchase of toys for kids in need. The time to act is now. As we... We'll be distributing toys on December 22nd from 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. from Kelly and Nina's Daycare Center and with the address afterwards. If you are not able to contribute monetarily, you can support this initiative in other ways. We are accepting donated toys at the Daycare Center or simply spread the word by sharing this fundraiser on your social channels. Thank you so much for supporting me on and off the field. I am grateful to have the opportunity to work with you to help make the holiday season a little brighter for the kids of our community. He originally had his goal of $2,500. We are now currently at $3.8 million, with some contributors, a main big contributor being the Carpet Man Flooring, who gave $5,500, as well as some NFL players like Christian McCaffrey and Trey Lance, who both put up a 1000 Wow.
1: So, you know. It's good to hear, and and, uh, no question there. And uh, obviously a lot of that's been done already, I would think, but now they're going to be able to really go back and kind of give a second Christmas to a lot of kids. But obviously the most important thing right now was that um, DeMar get through this scary, scary, scary part of his life in the hospital. And you haven't seen any updates on that, have you? I haven't seen any more. I haven't
5: recently. I've been kind of uh, going over the Buffalo Bills Twitter as like a really update, updated thing for them and he would like, cover the Buffalo Bills <clears throat> and even the Bengals themselves and no one's put out any updates so far. But luckily his mom was actually in attendance for the game last night and was able to be where there with him as they go through this and Stephon Diggs who stayed back to be in the hospital with him while the rest of the team traveled back home.
1: <sighs> tough, tough, tough. Um again the game hotline is seven oh six oh one one one. Uh I you know it's we talk about sports and so any thoughts that you have on the, Namar Hamlin situation, certainly feel free to comment on that. Um, normally we would be talking a lot more saints today after the game, but this happened. Plus the saints have since been eliminated. So we'll be doing more looking forward to the saints kind of situation. Um, uh, and they did set the schedule by the way, as expected the Saints played to Arnold's at noon on Sunday um, and you and you know you just want them to play well. I mean I, I that's what I always want them to do. Do the right thing, play well make do things that make sense and if, hopefully you can win the game it'd be great and you know we'll, we'll 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 do a lot more recapping of the Saints in the future. other things that have happened since we last spoke, is not a good New Year's Eve for UL men and women's basketball program. Not at all. Um, Cajuns got beat at ODU. They were down by as much as, was it 22 points, something like that, around 20-something points. Um, So not good. They, they, They cut it all the way back down to three. And made a nice run, but fell short and lost by four. They're now 0-2 in the season. And not only are they 0-2 in the season, but they return home. Their first, as we said, a lot in December. Um, six of their first games are on the Eight conference games are on the road. That sounds tough enough, especially when you lost your first two. Now, the first game, they should have won. They just let it slip away at the end. And the second one, can't really say they should have won. They were hound the vast majority of the game. Um, but they return home to the Cajun Dome on Thursday, and they're playing a Southern Miss team that's 2-0 and in the league and 13-2 overall. Now, you know, they beat Troy, who's considered a pretty good team. Uh, 64-60, and they beat App 76-70. So it's not like Southern Miss is routing everyone, but they're winning a lot of games. It's not going to be an easy win, but they really need to win these two games. I mean, they just really need to win these two games, and they're playing, again, Southern Miss at 7 o'clock on Thursday, and Georgia State, who's kind of been their nemesis, um... At seven o'clock on Saturday. Now Georgia State is eight and six and one and one, so they're not. You know they're going through a coaching change and they're not as good as they were last year, no question. But still, it's a it's a team that you know is going to be fired up. They're always fired up to play the Cajuns, and it's um, look could could the Cajuns win these next two games? Certainly they could. They're at home and they're going to be highly motivated, and they really really need to get these two wins. Uh, but this, you know both of these teams have winning records, and Southern Miss is 13 and 2, so these are not going to be easy wins. But you really don't you really don't want to split. I mean, you really got to sweep these these two home games, and it's against two teams that are good. I mean, you know, it's not like you're playing some team that's struggling. Both of these teams uh, have winning records, and in, in Southern Miss, as I said, is 13 and 2, so not good on the women's side. The women won on Thursday, but did not play well on Saturday and lost. And and so they now went one and one in their two home games, and now are going on the road to Southern Miss and the Texas State, which is not the easiest trip in the world, not the worst, certainly not the worst, but still you're going east and you're going west, and um, and you know both of these teams are a little bit in transition, but again uh, will not be easy wins in the way the Cajuns have played most of the season, none of these wins are gonna be easy. And so it's um gonna be gonna be tricky. Cajun women are on the road, the men are at home and they both you know, the women are seven and seven and one and one, and if they can get a split on the weekend you feel eight and eight and two and two, like uh eh, you still got you still kinda okay. The men, man, they really need to get a sweeper. They're gonna be looking at a little bit of an uphill climb. And what is starting to look like a fairly top heavy um, Sunbelt conference race. So cause and I say that because there are four teams that are two and o, um and one of them is ULM. is only six and nine on the season, but they're two and o early on in Sunbelt play. And uh you figure James Madison was going to be really good. They're eleven and four and two and o. You figured Southern Miss was going to be pretty good because they got off to such a good start. They're 13-2 and and 2-0, and and Georgia Southern is 9-6 and and 2-0. and And um, and yet here, way at the bottom, you got the Cajuns. Of all the teams that are 0-2, the Cajuns are the only one with an overall winning record. Cajuns are 10-4 overall, but 0-2 in conference play now. Uh, App is 0-2, Texas State two-time defending champions in a transition year 0-2. And South Alabama, a lot of teams are high on them potential-wise uh, and what they have back and their 0-2 um, as well. Let's see, they lost to – no, wait, let's see. Um, I am looked at the wrong one here. I wanted to see what South Alabama – South Alabama lost to at Georgia Southern by 14 – and lost at Georgia State by 10. So they haven't been real competitive in those two losses either. But they were on the road. It, it, you know, all losses are – no no losses are good, but it's a little more understandable to be 0-2 on the road. And the Cages are 0-2 on the road too. But, you know, when you come home and you're playing a 13-2 and Southern Miss team, if you win these two games, you're going to feel a whole lot better going into next week. But if not – you're going to already feel like you've got an uphill climb, and so we'll see what happens there. So, again, any thoughts that you have on uh, basketball? Uh, man, last night in the NBA, some high score. Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points, and I know these were overtime games. Clay Thompson scored 54 points, so there was some pretty sparkling uh, scoring performances last night. But you don't see that a whole lot. Somebody scores 71 points. Um, You know, Donovan Mitchell, is the Knicks thought they had him in the offseason. It didn't happen. He's obviously had a tremendous impact on Cleveland and uh, certainly did last night. Uh, 71-point performance. The Pelicans um, played a good team but did not win last night. And so... You know, they're just still hanging in there. And I know we're past Christmas now, and so we're going to be talking more about the NBA. But, man, that was quite a – we all know where the focus is last night sports-wise. But that was something worth mentioning for sure, the, the Donovan Mitchell uh, performance. You just don't see that very often, 71 points. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, and – One thing we haven't really we mentioned in passing but haven't really discussed yet is the two national semifinals. I'll give you some thoughts on that and certainly invite you to uh, call the game hotline and uh, give your impressions of what you saw in the national semifinal games when we come back from this timeout on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.
0: Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: welcome back to Footnose Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in the world. Series champion Houston Astros want to remind you it's a little ways off, but we are in the new year now. It is 2023. So now only about what seven weeks away from uh trail, presenting Lundy Graw Barathon on Monday, February, the 24 miles through Freetown, just south of the parade route, where you can wear a costume, enjoy free drinks throughout the course. A party bus will follow, which gives you options. You could run all of the race, four mile race, or walk it. However, you decide to do that, or none of it, and just spend the whole time on the party bus, or just come and go as you please. Run some of it and spend some time on the party bus. The audience will vote for the winner of the costume contest, so bring your loudest, craziest friends. The Lundy Graw Barthon register now by going to LA Trail Dot org. Again, um, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. We talked about Cajun basketball in the last segment. LSU did not play over the weekend after that really nice win over Arkansas to open SEC play. LSU will be playing tonight, and you can hear it right here on the game um, at Kentucky and then they will play at A&M on Saturday. A&M plays Florida. A&M hasn't played a conference game yet. Kind of strange. Uh, Kentucky lost its first conference game. Got beat 14 at Missouri. You know, Kentucky is 9 and 4 on the season, which is not real Kentucky like. Uh, you know, they've lost to some good teams. They lost to Michigan State. They lost to Gonzaga. They lost to UCLA. I mean, none of those are embarrassing losses, but when they they got beat uh, to Missouri by 14, so they were beat pretty handily. So a little bit of a surprise. you know. The, I'm sure the Natives are a little restless in Lux, Lexington. And so uh, on paper, it's possible LSU's running a, into a little bit of a bus, saw a team that's going to really be needing a win kind of like Cajun fans are hoping Southern Miss is doing, coming to Lafayette in the Cajun home on Thursday, playing a Cajun team that's really in need of a win. And so we'll see how those situations kind of play out. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Uh, hello? Hello.
6: Yeah, Mr. Fox, uh, Wilbur Harris, uh, I was just wondering, man, because I seen, I seen the hit take place last night. I was watching the game, you know, because it was – a game I was looking forward to. Right. And I've been watching football since, I mean, at least, at least 40 years, and I've never seen anything like this. I'm trying to figure is maybe just your opinion, because we don't know, what is the long-term effect on the actual game, the players, will players be retired from this? Because I mean, they got some of them made their money, and this, this probably is something that could have happened before. How it could happen again? I mean, what kind of changes does this bring to the game?
1: Well, you know, if this was one of those plays, like where you know a guy just lay a guy out with his helmet, and then I think there'd be a lot more of those discussions. But if you watch the game, I mean, it didn't look like an unusual tackle. It wasn't a particularly yeah, this, this it wasn't a particularly brutal hit or anything. It just. You know, he just, whatever reason, hit him right at the wrong spot. And, and you know, I don't know, if, you know, we don't know, like, if there's some sort of heart defect, like with the Hank gather situation, that, 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 that example that we gave earlier. I, I don't – there's no question. We all know football's dangerous. But, again, this is a situation that could have happened in basketball. It just didn't look like an overly physical hit by football standards. It just – I don't know. It's just it was just really bizarre.
6: I mean, I've seen the, the, the play. I mean, look like he didn't just put a shoulder into his chest that would be normal. Play on.
1: Yeah, it wasn't anything abnormal. wasn't anything particularly no. brutal at all. It just no. I don't know. I guess if you hit someone on the heart, you just never know what's going to happen. The really amazing thing is that this has never happened before because, like that's we right, said, it right, wasn't right. really all that brutal looking. It's just awful. I mean I've seen worse of hits than that. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. And
6: way bigger people hit smaller people than him and they get up. Right. So I just want to know if you I don't I don't really think there's gonna
1: be look, there's always it's gonna certainly anybody who's a football player is gonna ask themselves, man, you know, it's going to make them think. But I don't know that this is – it was a legal hit. So I don't know that there's going to be any punitive rule changes or anything to account for this, really, because I don't think it was a brutal football kind of a play. It, it's just – but if you're a football player, certainly you might be thinking, man, but again I – mean, do, do you see this trickling down from the pros all the way to the high school level? Changes that could be made or I mean, I, don't, I mean, you never really know, but but again, I, I don't I don't think so because it makes you wonder, like, could could this have happened to him in another scenario. In other words, I don't know that football was what brought this out. maybe maybe people will conclude that, but I don't know. We we need to find out more about his situation and what you know, if they can come up with anything about his heart or uh, def, you know a hard defect or some who knows we'll we'll, we'll we'll learn more in the weeks to come but I don't really think so but you never know to your point
6: okay thank you thank you very Th- much thank
1: you for the call it doesn't seem like to his point or to his question uh, that it that this is a classic scenario where people you know it could change things rule wise going all the way to the high school level. I don't really see that happening but again we don't know all the facts yet. It's just I just think I think the the first impact is really going to be anybody who plays football like man it, it it it's a sobering thought you you know how dangerous it, it can be uh, uh, and and yet you have to not think about it and this is going to be a time that's going to cause some people to think about it a little more. Now I've also you know, there's also the line of thinking that had this happened outside of a football field, it could have been a lot more dangerous because the, the only good thing about this happening on a football field is that you have medical personnel on alert right there, you know, so close to, to him going down where they could treat him right away and, you know, pretty good chance save his life. At least that's what we're all hoping. And so I guess that's the good part about it is if something like this does happen, I guess it's best that it happens on the football field because you got medical personnel right there kind of at your fingertips kind of thing. Where if it happened in his house or, you know, who knows where, at a restaurant or something, then, you know, they might chance, you know, there's no question the medical personnel wouldn't have been there as quickly. Just about anywhere else he'd be. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin? Yes, sir.
7: How you doing today? Happy New Year's to you. Ooh,
1: it's a, it's a it's a rough day.
7: Yeah, it's a rough day. But you know, I I, I hadn't seen the play, and and when I I turn I actually turned to the game right when they started, just before they walked off the field. And so I I wanted to see the play, so I decided to go to some of the cable news stations because I figured at least one of them probably would be showing it, and they did last you, we all are saying it really wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a hard hit at all. But I, I, the thing with those news stations, they had medical experts. At I guess you would say, and they would say that they' not sure. But they were basically saying it was. They he felt one the first one that they talked to was a guy that's probably been in medicine fifty, sixty years. He just said it was a thing of being hit at a certain point at the at a specific time. And it could happen, he said it's just because of the way the heart works, and he basically he didn't say it, later on, another medical expert said it happens, but it happens more in other sports like soccer or baseball than it would happen in football. It happens in more sports where there's a ball involved, because of it being able to hit you know hit the heart, yeah, you know he, he said it just does it doesn't happen in football. But you know, it it's just one of those things, and it doesn't happen a lot in the other sports either. But it just basically said that it's it's something that happens more in sports where there's ball there's balls involved that could hit hit a player in the chest or whatever, you know. And it's right. all about that it hit them at a specific time, sort of that time when it just didn't need to hit them, you know, what I'm saying.
1: I wouldn't. The only thing that would change. I did hear someone on a uh, on a national show say this morning that in sports like lacrosse, someone called and said that he played lacrosse and they were trying to increase the protection, like the pads or whatever, in lacrosse. And I'm football players are, are, are now wearing smaller shoulder pads than they've ever worn before. I wonder if the only impact to get back to the previous gentleman's question, they might try to maybe cover that a little more. I, I don't know how you can do that, but maybe go back to maybe not wear such smaller shoulder pads. I, I don't know. It's all we're all speculating, but that that came to mind when you were talking.
7: Right. Yeah, that's what he. Ba- this person, Doctor Prey, basically said it happens more like hockey, or, and I, I didn't mention hockey earlier. Places where there's something that involved that could hit a player in the chest more than it does in in football. Right. You know, because like we we all saying, I mean, we have seen, I mean, we saw more vicious hits than that yesterday. You yes. Know I mean, uh, 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 Sunday, you know, so it wasn't a hard hit at all. You know, so I don't know what they're going to do either when it comes to whether they, when they're going to play the game or whatever, but they're going to end up playing the game and we know that football is going to go on. But, you know, it's like, I just, I, I personally think that there's, you know, Maybe an unknown condition, because this happened before. It's happened in the last year. Somebody I forget who it was, where where a player had a bad, uh, you know a hard condition, and they found out about it after after a situation. You know, right? So, yeah, but um, it's it's an unfortunate thing. Uh, and you know, and I thought about this too. They were talking because I listened to Bob Costas. He was he was one of the people that they talked to, and he basically said. You know, he mentioned how it's happened before, and some of the same ones that you mentioned. And I said to myself, most of these kids even their coaches wasn't born then, <laughs> right. you know, because they're talking in the seventies. These guys are twenty-five to thirty-five, you know, right? Most most of them. So they, they weren't even they weren't even around then, and I was probably fifteen. I don't remember it. I don't even remember it. You know, guys, and... football
1: wasn't and no one that has has anything to do with running the NFL right now was around then either so they you know it, it's just totally that different is. yeah
7: so to me when they was you know they were talking about well are they doing this and this for money but the people we have to understand too when something happens and it's never happened before i don't care whether you you think that they're thinking about the dollars and they do we know they do the people we work for that's what they think about but still when something has never happened before, you got to say, well, wait a minute. <laughs> they, they, they right. got to get this together, you know? Yeah.
1: It yeah. takes time to think. Yeah.
7: Yeah. yeah. And, and and they're all over the country. You know, they're not all sitting there in Cincinnati. Right. You know, they're all over the country.
1: That is People true. People that
7: are going to make these decisions, you know. So let's just hope for the best for the young man, first of all. And then after that, they just figure it out. And Kevin, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna go. I was in the camp of Alan need another year. I don't see the coaching getting better. I just don't. If I, if I, just because they win, and I'm like you, just because the result is a win, doesn't mean that anything has gotten better. To me, I, I just think I, I think this this one year experiment is enough. Between him and Carl Michael, because why is it that you and I, and even the national announcers on TV, be screaming, why is Jason Hill on the sideline at times when he needs to be in the game? Yes. These people don't get it. And it's like, what is it about you don't get that we're more productive when he's in the game?
1: Well, there's some people like uh, Turley's Catholic head coach, James Chaponche, that said just put him at quarterback all the time. We don't have to worry about that. But I don't, I don't think I, that's going to happen either.
7: But I agree. I think he should. I, once we lost, let's say, five or six of those games with Andy Dalton, Casey should have been in the game at quarterback. I mean, if you don't want to put Jameis in, and it seemingly they don't want to, Casey should have been in the game at quarterback.
1: You know? So. I, I understand. I appreciate the call. Yeah. Good talking to you, sir
7: same to you. Thank thank Bye-bye. you.
1: Hi um the the problem with as he's talking at the end like I don't know what they're going to do. They just there's just not a lot of time. There's not a lot of days to work with. I don't know what they're going to do. It's just a bizarre, it's just they got to they got to be like, man, you don't want to you got to come up with a decision, you got to move forward. It's not time to move forward, and yet there's not a lot of time to wait to move forward. So it is just a really complicated situation. But to the last caller's point, uh, the most important thing is that Hamlin come out of this okay, and we still don't have an update that I know of. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.
0: Kevin Foote. It's real man. An award winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of
1: a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with, with the, the host's bounty game silliness.
0: His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different
1: strand. Just out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this Bounty Gate
0: cylinder. Dr. Foote is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team. Here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion, Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111, let's go to the game hotline. Hello.
8: Kevin, well, I think this is, what the, this is what they'll wind up doing. I don't think the game will be made up, and if it comes to – a situation where Cincinnati is matched up against Buffalo again in the playoffs. Nobody's going to get the home field advantage. The game will be played at a neutral site.
1: I mean, I I had the thought, too. I didn't think about that part, the second thing you said. The first thing I said was that they won't make I, – I started thinking they won't make up the game. The, the issue is that it's not so much the two and the three – Only the one seed in the current playoff format gets a bye. The Bills currently have three losses, and so do the Chiefs. And the Bills beat the Chiefs head up. So they would own the tiebreaker, but if you don't play the game, then you can't even get to the tiebreaker. So it's really really for that bye week. I, I don't think the Bills would think a whole lot of whether they're the two seed or the three seed, but if you're the one seed, if ever a team needs a week off, it's probably them right now.
8: Well, then the only other thing you could do is push everything back a week and only have one week uh, before the Super Bowl, Bowl. Yes, anticipation instead of two. That's the yes. only other thing that you could do.
1: I agree. I don't see them playing like tomorrow and Monday or something. No, I just I think I that'd be see tough. That to... happen,
8: and then have to turn around again and play Sunday.
1: No. Yeah, I don't see that happening no. either. No, that's a brutal well, I mean, situation.
8: If, all right, if they play, if they wind up being matched up against each other, they play at a neutral site.
1: I could see that. Yep. I hadn't thought about that, but I could see that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Kev, you have a good day. You too. Thank you, sir. Um, no, that's the first I've heard of that idea. Again, this is not a scenario that we've ever really faced before. Like, you've had weather c- cancel games. We've had the strangeness of the pandemic ch- canceling games. And you remember that deal with, what was it, the Steelers and the Ravens, where, you know, the game kept getting – but again, that was in the middle of the season. If this was in the middle of the season, it'd be awful. But at least you'd have some options. Like, there's just not a lot of options right now because the season ends Sunday. And so I, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. It, it, and and really, because of the circumstances that's causing this, I don't know that the Bills are gonna. It's going to look bad if the Bills get the raw deal because one of their players hopefully almost died. Um, but at the same time, I don't know that they're going to have the passion to argue either. Maybe they will. I I think they're going to be like, okay, whatever happens, happens. We're worried about DeMar. We're not worried about all that. I think that's going to kind of prevail. But still, it'll look bad if somehow everyone feels like they're shortchanged because of this. I, it's just a bad situation not good at all for sure all right i said i wanted to discuss or give some thoughts about the national semifinal games first of all look if you're a fan of ohio state or you know michigan or ohio you know georgia you know it is what it is you pull for your team i mean we're not ta- i'm not talking about those people but for anybody else it's pretty easy to pull for tcu folks i mean it they, to me, they're pretty easy to pull for. You want to talk about an underdog like Tulane was with two wins last year. I mean, TCU's really easy to pull for. Their quarterback's really easy to pull for. Um, and people have been doubting them all year, and we understand why. And they doubted them again against Michigan. Now, if you're a Michigan fan, you are furious because how in the world did they not rule that a touchdown? I don't know. I mean, you watch the replay, and it was a touchdown. And they – and you uh, – <coughs> somehow the replay did not change it to a touchdown, and then they fumble on the next place. just unbelievable. It's like, how can that happen? At the time, you you most Michigan fans were like, well, it's okay. We got it first and go with the one. And then you fumble the football. I mean, it's just – so, you could argue, well, Michigan should have won the game. But uh, TCU, people just keep doubting them and they just keep coming through. So, they certainly showed that they belonged in the Final Four. And um, we'll see what they do on Monday. Now, George is just lucky. It's like I always say the minute the ball on a game winning field goal situation like that, the minute. The ball gets past the line of scrimmage. If you don't block the kick, then it's just luck. Whether they make it or not, ain't you. So you can celebrate all you want. You're just lucky. Georgia was lucky. They got out game planned. They got outperformed. And they got lucky that the kid missed the kick. And it was a lot of pressure, no question. A 50-yard kick with, you know, the whole world seemingly on your shoulders. I, you know, it looked like he just choked. And look, I mean, we tried to examine. I don't, I don't think there was anything wrong with the hole. He just choked. I mean, look, I choke on stuff all the time. I mean, I, you know, I don't. I'm not hammering the kid. He just, he didn't make it. But is just lucky. I mean, we all thought Georgia was. I thought Georgia was going to handle Ohio State. But again, when you don't play for about a month, you just don't know what's about to happen. And, and, and kids and even coaches, they, they buy all that junk, too. Ohio State had a great performance. I mean, they just did. They out-game plan, they out-coached, and, and for the most part, they outplayed Georgia. But you got to give Georgia credit. They hung in there. Ohio State probably should have got a little closer, and yet I don't think the distance did it, although it might have impacted his execution of the kick. Uh, But they got lucky. They didn't block it, but they just got really lucky that the kid missed it. And so um, I don't think anybody thinks Georgia this year is as good as Georgia was last year. But I think most people thought they would not get outplayed by Ohio State, but they did. And, uh, it, you know, I think – By come Monday's game, which is, what, six days from now, I think it is going to be considered a blowout. But, you know, maybe the finals is when the game will get too big for TCU, but they just have a gutsy team. They just keep coming and they keep coming. And you wonder how much of what Ohio State did to Georgia, that and a lot of it was very effective, can TCU duplicate game plan-wise? And would it even work the second time it happens? Uh, I don't know that TCU has the personnel that Ohio State has. I don't think they do. The other thing about all this that I was thinking coming out of the semifinal games on Saturday was, does this increase the chance that Jim Harbaugh is going to be in the NFL next year as a coach? I wonder if the Broncos are going after Jim Harbaugh. Hard. You know, there's been a lot of rumors that the Broncos are going after Casper, and I'm sure they've certainly inquired about it. But I wonder if Jim Harbaugh is another guy they're going after. And I wonder if losing that game increases the chances that he's going to go to the NFL. It's just something else to throw out there that I wondered over the weekend but no I, I thought both games were certainly exciting I mean I mean you couldn't ask for a better sim mostly usually one or both games are total blowouts and that was not the case here so you know Saturday games they both went down to the wire and I don't know if for a college football fan if you're a big college football fan you couldn't ask for better games now you know me, I, I'd, I'd prefer that the games be a little more low-scoring. I ain't, I ain't into all that 40-to-40 40 40 stuff, but uh 40 to 40 stuff, I call it. But still, it's hard to argue that the games were not exciting, and, and I don't know that a lot of us expected two fantastic finishes like that, and yet it happened. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Look, it was going to be. It's always kind of strange when you come back after a long weekend like this, and and you know a holiday weekend, New Year's, and and kind of the holiday season's over now. And it's always a little weird when you come back and you kind of have to start over after a big long holiday weekend but then it's even doubly weird when you experience what the Monday night football game brought us last night and and, and this young man Demore Hamlin collapsing and having cardiac arrest and having to be revived on the field and and everything everybody just having that huge gulp of perspective and sports isn't really that important and, and so it was already going to be a strange day kind of hard to to do everything and get back in the swing of things, and now it's like, should we even be talking about sports? You know that whole perspective thing, and I don't know. It's just, it's it's just really bizarre. So it's been a strange day. We've kind of gotten through it, but uh, it's it's been a it's been a strange day. We'll probably talk. Hopefully, we have very good news because right now, to my knowledge, we don't have any updates on what's going on with um, Hamlin and that Cincinnati Medical Center. and in Ohio and so hopefully by tomorrow we have very good news on his update and you know I don't know that we'll have a plan moving forward for the actual game but again I don't I would be shocked if they give any kind of a plan before we hear good news and if the news is bad that could impact the plan like <coughs> I know there's a difference between college and and professional, there's just, it's a huge difference. But there have been college teams where they had a tragedy and they just shut down the rest of the season. I don't think that'll happen, but I don't know. It's gonna be. Um, let's just hope the news is good, and then we can kind of go from there. But it, it's uh, it it is it is a tough situation. And look. I am as hard on the NFL as anybody, but the NFL is not in a good position right now. Because if you say anything early, then you're going to get bashed, and you probably should. Um, and yet, there's not a lot of time to for any. There's not a lot of time to have time and to wait. I mean, it's just a bad situation. But again, like everyone has said over and over, and I agree, you, you, we got to wait and see what happens first, and hopefully. When we come here tomorrow, we'll have good news. And tomorrow um, is doing better. And, and, I mean, I know they say the word stable, but stable but critical. You know, I'm talking, you know, get out of critical situation. We need to get out of that category. And hopefully they can. And we'll talk more about the Saints game and moving into the – to Sunday, but really moving into the off season and and have more of those discussions and um, we'll have some reaction from uh, today. The Cajun basketball coaches, Coach Marlin and Coach Broadhead, will give um, their reactions to that opening weekend, which was largely not good. Although the Cajun women did win last Thursday, and then LSU will be playing Kentucky tonight, so we'll have that as well. So uh, again, strange day rough day hard day to kind of do sports talk and yet um it is what it is I mean you know you you had to feel for extremely secondary obviously your my first thought was to his parents and then I was you know you hear man his mom was at the game and that had to make it a little better but I couldn't imagine, like, being in a situation that the announcers were in last night, having to talk about a bunch of stuff that was so critical, and yet they just didn't know much about it. But anyway, we got through it. I appreciate the phone calls. Y'all have a nice day.